Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello you guys and welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hi. 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 <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, how's your week been, Katie? It's been pretty good. I've nothing crazy like I said last week, but I did watch a really great documentary that I just told you about, but I'll tell the listeners. It's called Church and State, and uh, it was at Sundance, I believe, two or three years ago. Anyways, I just watched it. It was really good. I think Sarah and I might talk about it in a future episode, but that might be one of the highlights of my week because other than that, I haven't really done anything. But what about you? I'm so excited to watch this documentary. I just I don't know where I'll find it here in Germany is the issue because it's not on like Netflix or anything like that. So I don't know where I'm going to find it. We might have to have just like a watching party where we, (gasps) I share my screen and you can watch it with me. Oh my God. That would be delightful. Yeah. (laughs) We can have some wine. Do it. Do it. Delightful. Um, yeah, no, not not much uh, on my side. I've, I've vented to you for the last hour before we even started recording. Um, had a really nice weekend. We we still have the um, lockdown rules, but it's like the, the silliest rule is that like you can you can see one other person outside of your household, but only up to three people. So if you're in that, like if you're a couple who lives together, it literally makes no sense because just one of you could go, but then oh. you still come home. And if you got the virus, you would still spread it. So it doesn't yeah. really make sense. Um, but yeah, we, we went over to a friend's and had, it was like a bizarre feeling where we're like, wow, we're socializing. It's been so <laughs> long, like months since we've left our apartment. Like this is bizarre. So that was nice. And uh, yeah, it's been a good week. Had a little bit of a mental breakdown, you guys. It's it's tough. I feel like the second time around with lockdown and like the fact that a year has passed, y'all, a year has uh-huh. passed since yep. the first lockdown and pandemic news broke out in the world. It's been a long ass year. Like I uh-huh. think my body and my mind was just like, you know what? We're not doing anymore. You're going to just have a, a mental health day on Monday. And that's what I did. Okay. Good. Good for um, you. So I hope everyone else, if you guys are listening and you're also feeling the same way and it's getting to you, just, you know, be kind to yourself and take that mental health day if you need it. Because it's you don't need to justify it, which I think so common for most people, especially with anxiety, to just be like, but I can't. But, uh, you know, toxic positivity. So many people have it way worse than me, and I should just pick myself up by my bootstraps, right? Mm. Wow. Mm. And take a day. You can take as long as you need, an hour, a day, a week, a month, and just do you. Focus on your health. I was going to tell you, I was going to uh, give you praises, actually, and I almost forgot to do this, but I've noticed over the past couple of years that we've been recording that you've become easier on yourself in terms of if you need a mental health day or you feel like you maybe forgot to do something that we had scheduled or you want to reschedule, at 
you know, you're pretty hard on yourself and you would always apologize and you would worry that you were messing things up and you've gotten a lot easier on yourself. You still over apologize, but (laughs) I've noticed lately you'll say you're not afraid to say to me like, hey, I'm just not in a good place this at this point. And I'm glad that you're feeling better and safer about saying that because it is important. Um, And everyone else, like you said, if you feel like you need that, take it. And I know as ex-Mormons, we were always taught to please others, but you know, you got to please yourself. You got to take care of yourself first or nothing's going to get done. So good for you, Sarah. Thank you. That means a lot. And (laughs) for Katie and my other friends who are listening to this episode, you probably relate on so many levels because y'all, if I had to like cancel something because I just wasn't having a good mental health day and was just not in a good headspace, I, my anxiety would be through the roof and I would send novels, novels (laughs) explaining why I need to cancel. And then about 10,000 messages following up saying, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Can we reschedule? Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make it up like, and, you guys out there who had to put up with that shit, and especially Katie, thank you. I'm just um, like, Sarah, stop apologizing. <laughs> Damn it, you're fine. <laughs> oh, God, the struggle. The, the struggle. struggle. But, Anywho, we also got a lot of um, messages about this uh, murder among Mormons Netflix documentary that came out today. So we're super excited to watch that and cover that too, because that looks interesting. Yeah, we've, we have an episode about it that we did maybe a year or two ago, um, where I told Sarah the story of Mark Hoffman, which is who I believe it's about. But anyway, it'll be fun to see what they cover, how they portray the Mormon church in it all. Um, It'll be and it'll be interesting to see if there's Mormon pushback to it. So we'll cover that for sure in the future. So keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Yeah, definitely. I'm really interested to see if Mormons um, like boycott Netflix or if they like (laughs) or if the church officially releases a statement, anything. I just think it's it's as we talked about before, like, you know, you are taught not to research outside the church. So you would never even know about this or the salamander letters. Like I never even heard of that until you um, explained it to me on one of our earlier episodes. Um, But with Netflix, it's just so tempting, right? If I can imagine as a Mormon watching Netflix and seeing this pop up as like a recommendation and just being like, Oh, you know, I'll just watch an episode and then being like, Oh my God, I need to Google this. Sarah, see this is real. do you think we're going to get emails or I could see Mormons being like that, that um title is wrong. It shouldn't be murder among the Mormons. It should be murder among the church, the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> I really hope so. I like hope that. so. It would bring me joy. <laughs> I just love that that is their argument almost every time with us. It's not like the actual point of the argument. It's like, um, also, we're not called Mormons anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so good. Anyways, do we have any other announcements before we yes. get into this week? We have some new patrons to shout out. Whoop, whoop. Ah, I love it. So excited. So first tum, one tum, we're tum, shouting tum. out is Megan. Hello, Megan. Welcome. Thank you. 
Thank you, Megan, and welcome, welcome to the club. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the next one is a really great name, <laughs> Katie. Ah, <laughs> uh, Katie. So but good. Definitely spelled different than mine, but welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Katie. And then last but not least is Rachel. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Rachel, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys, as always. All the love, all the uh, gratitude. We are we are just so grateful for you guys. You keep the podcast running. Um, we did just record an episode before for mm-hmm. our lovely patrons. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, if you want to join us, there's a link. There's always a link to our, our Patreon in the show notes, and you can join at – there's multiple levels. You can choose which one you want to join at, but it's the link is patreon.com slash Mormon. Yeah. So, all right. Today, or yeah, this week's episode is interesting, and I think we're gonna get a little fired up. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of a couple different things, but they're all centered around Mormon influence in education, essentially, mm-hmm. and the lack thereof or the censorship of things in education, even in things like public schools, which the church should have no say in, but they try their damnedest. Exactly. And, you know, we we wanted to originally, I mean, we, we've talked about this a little bit. I think we mentioned um, briefly in a, a previous episode because we, we got an email from a listener who was talking about this. And so we mentioned it brief, briefly, um, but it's it's especially, um, I'm not, I don't want to say common, that's not the right word. I mean, that is, it is common, um, but relevant in February for Black History Month. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into it, but yes, we, we just missed it as we're in March now, but obviously every month, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to just be February. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Because Black History is history. Hello. It is history. <laughs> And not according to white Mormons who seem to think it's not important to cover in our education system. What the hell? I just don't even. So, yeah, we got this email from a listener who wants to remain anonymous. Um, But I don't know. Did you want to read the email or should we just read some of these attachments? What do you think? Yeah, how about, okay, so maybe I'll read the email just to give a little background, and then um, if you wanted to, to to read the letters that she attached, he, she attached. Perfect, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so as we said, we we have a listener who sent us a message back in, uh, looks like January, and we talked about it a bit, um, and then she sent a follow-up one, which is great. And she says, hi, ladies. Thanks so much for the shout out a few weeks ago. That was fun to hear. Anyway, a lot has happened since I last wrote to you, and I'm super fired up about it. It turns out my suspicions were valid. The Mormon church is behind what is and isn't taught in the public schools here. Here being she's in California. Um, I would love to hear an episode on how the Mormon church can manage to influence public schools so much. How do non-Mormon parents fight back against the influence of the church? We obviously don't have the same financial backing that they do. We've had some pretty crazy racist shit happen in the town, in my town, in the last few weeks. 
even at the elementary school level. It's insane. We've even made the LA news twice in the past few days. The schools are doing what they can to bring inclusivity into the curriculum, but it keeps getting shot down. Some friends and I were trying to figure out how this keeps happening, and we found a letter that confirmed our suspicions. They successfully stopped the school board from even discussing these new textbooks in their latest meeting. Their reasons are not are for not wanting the new curricula, curriculum is infuriating. In 2018, the district wanted to update the sex education program, and people were outraged. We found a letter from a local stake to their members telling them how to help shut down the new program, but they were also explicitly told not to identify themselves as LDS. I remember a huge fight over it, but it eventually passed. Thank God. Thanks, Celestial Jesus. Thanks, Celestial Jesus. Um, My head is spinning thinking about how devious all of this is. They can believe what they want, but leave it out of our public schools. Some of us are seriously ready to fight tooth and nail over this, but I really fear the wrath of the church members. You guys are the best, and I love to hear your thoughts on this. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll get into it a little bit more because obviously this listener is from California, and I found, not surprisingly, a bunch of shit that's really similar in Utah. Uh, that we'll talk about as well Mm -hmm. but um yeah it's really it's really great she attached these these letters these notices essentially that were sent out to members of the stake the mormon stake basically telling them what to do about this uh curriculum and yeah it's should i just read one of these so y'all can hear I just said y'all. You said y'all. I love it. Oh, I love it. Um, Yeah, definitely. Because the thing is, is just to highlight to you listeners, like in case you zoned out a bit when I was reading that, like the two, the two issues with the curriculum is they're three. Sorry, they're three. So it's obviously racism. Like they are just blatantly not wanting any type of black history to be encouraged and highlighted in the curriculum. Second being inclusivity. So um, obviously they're not going to want any type of diversity in terms of like, you know, LGBTQ representative um, in any type of the curriculum and also no sex education like that. They want to censor that, which all three of those things are so problematic Yep. I just we'll also get to it. Yeah, we'll also get to it in in the articles I found. But right, it's like why you you have to be the worst kind of person to want. You really do. They're those things. Yeah. And then when I read this letter, I'm about to read you all. I was sincerely fuming. It's it's disgusting. So this. uh, Oh God. Okay. So I'm going, I'm not going to say which school board it is, or should I just say, I don't know. I don't know how much to leave out. I'll, um, I'll leave out the particular school board just in case. Yeah, maybe do that. Um, okay. So yeah, so there are two, yeah, two letters, one from the school board, right? 
No, I ones oh, from like the parents of oh, right. other students and ones from like the stake. So this that's one right. is from other parents, which are most likely Mormon, let's be honest. And it's sent out to the other parents of the students. And this one says, the school board is voting this Wednesday night on the implementation of an anti-racist and privileged curriculum under the guise of cultural proficiency. These lessons start in kindergarten and focus on teaching children the importance of being involved in a democratic process, taking privilege into account while being anti-racist. <laughs> I read that and I'm like, well, great. That's perfect. What's yeah, that? I was thinking that like, all right, yeah. great. But listen, <laughs> it goes on. It says, because these are value laden lessons, please take the time to review them to confirm that they are in alignment with the approach you believe to be best for your children. If the school board has if the school has made an effort to receive parent feedback regarding this new curriculum, we are unaware of it. But parents always have an opportunity to speak at board meetings, send emails and make phone calls. Please make your voice heard in whatever way you can. The curriculum being considered tries to thread the needle between teaching kids to be aware of differing backgrounds and viewpoints and treating people well, while also telling BIPOC kids they will almost always be underprivileged. The curriculum notes specifically that you are underprivileged if band-aids don't match your skin tone, if you can't find ingredients at the store for a preferred cultural dish, and if they don't have at least three TV shows that represent them, among others. These definitions are a part of the lesson for fifth grade, and students are taught to be anti-racist in second grade. So I'm going to pause here for a second because I want to say that all of those things are important to notice, and this letter is making it seem like they're ridiculous like almost as if oh you really think that this is something that should be taught uh. it is the most condescending it's so I think condescending. Mm-hmm. and Karen like that's all it is it's, it's a fucking Karen I can be oh um can you believe it like oh like they're teaching us that like the curriculum notes that you're underprivileged if band-aids don't match your skin tone oh okay like you can totally see a Karen with a disgusting haircut yeah. saying this. Like it has it it ha- doesn't have any shred of empathy at all. No, it, none. And it goes on to say, a lot of the content may indeed reflect your values, but ask yourself why the district is suggesting a curriculum that frames these values with words and terms like privilege and anti-racist, a curriculum that focuses on the student's future voting habits. Have curricula like this been shown to decrease the behaviors they preach against, or is it possible that they may cause more harm than good? Will this unify our students or stigmatize those that fall in the BIPOC category? Oh, fuck God. whoever wrote this because they put the they put the words privilege and anti-racist in quotes and they're making them seem like they're only using those words to get kids to vote Democrat in the future. Like, yeah, exactly. And this is like, no, oh, no, this is teaching kids to be anti-racist and that is what needs to happen. So if you have a problem with teaching anti-racism, guess what? You're racist. I mean, we all have problems with being racist, right? But it's like, why would you why would you have any problem with that? I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? It's also like it's just so ironic and ridiculous. Like they're talking about like, you know, putting quotes privilege 
insinuating that that's not really a thing. But then, you know, obviously a white woman wrote this shit because she's never had to oh, do yeah. any of it in her mm-hmm. entire life. So, of course, like, why do we need to teach kids about being privileged and anti-racism? Um, because of people like you, Karen. Like, because, that's why. Yeah. And because we want to help ease racism. <laughs> we want to get rid of it. But the, the, the way to do that is through education and you're, you you want to suppress that education and how she says that it may cause more harm than good, almost oh, playing God. like the victim of like, Oh, we can't talk about these things. I'm such a victim. It's like, it makes you know what, Karen, when you're, when you're so accustomed to being privileged, I guess equality feels like oppression to you. Like, oh. sorry, Karen, that now oh. you, being equal means that you're oppressed. Ew. Karen, I hope that you are listening to this episode somehow. I hope it some, somehow trickles down to you in the Mormon essential oils pyramid. <laughs> and it lands in your lap. And you leave a comment. Because I would like to have a full-on conversation with you. Slash at the end of it, punch you in your taint. Like, that's <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> It's it's so mortifying. It's just so it's disgusting that in 2021 someone would care enough about you, you know in the curriculum it has anti-racist teachings and someone cares enough to protest that. Like what is wrong with you that you it's want just, to stop that from happening? I well it's privacy <sighs> is what it is, but anyway, okay, so I guess we can go, we can read the next letter. And this one is pertains to the sex education, right? Yeah, and this one, I just, just to emphasize, because I'm, I'm sure, I mean, Mormons don't ever listen to our episodes. But if they did, they would be like, uh, you have wrong facts. Or someone from the church didn't actually send that. Well, we have the email address. Um, yeah. We have the yeah. exact screenshot of this email, and it's a... Uh, at ldschurch.org. So, and we know, we know that um, the Mormon church continually intervenes in things like this. Like, we know that they, you know, they told people how to vote ag- on or against marijuana recently. Like, yeah, they get involved in all this shit. So, yeah, it, this is real. So, this is also that same school district. Um, And it's from, yeah, this stake. It says, dear brothers and sisters of, and it says the stake. As you know, while the church does not endorse political candidates or causes, that's a lie, but whatever. That's such a lie. It has always reserved the right to speak out on moral issues. (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing to bring such an issue to your attention and to ask you to lend your voice to the call for appropriate teaching materials in our local public classrooms. Many of you are aware that the school district is adopting a comprehensive sexuality education curriculum for middle school students to comply with a new state law. CSE is very different from any sex ed program with which you might be familiar. The original draft of this curriculum contained highly offensive controversial, age-inappropriate, and inaccurate material that would be inconsistent with the standard of any home, family, or parent in our state. 
So this guy is obviously a white bishop, probably, or state president who yeah. has He's never like a state pleased. President, yeah. State president who has never pleased his wife in bed. Oh no, so. not once. Because what could be so offensive, controversial, or inaccurate in sex ed? I mean, God, it's so ridiculous. How like, use a condom is probably part of it. Because I definitely wasn't taught that in sex ed. All I was taught was abstinence, and that that's like- all I was taught. Yeah. <sighs> It's such a problem in the States, and I know we've talked about it so many times, but I think also living outside the States and seeing how people talk about sex here in just a very natural, normal way. Like, it's not this, like, you can't talk about it. It's just like, yeah, it's sex, whatever. Like, <laughs> it natural. It's like, how we're all know here. about it. I mean, <laughs> kids are like, I mean, also just, again, to show the difference, like, movies here are rated based on violence and mm-hmm. not sex and nudity. Like, you could watch a, it's equivalent to, like, a PG here, and it'll be, like, you see everything on the human body and a lot of sex, and, you know, Germans are, like, but it's natural. Yeah. Whereas violence are, like, that's not natural, and, like, you shouldn't show that to kids. And in the States, it's, like, yes. <laughs> show all the violence, but don't you show that one titty. Can't show it. Don't you show it, and don't you breastfeed in public, you harlot. <laughs> All right. Thankfully, due to the hard work of members of our church and other churches in our area, district staff has agreed to remove some of the blatantly offensive portions from the original proposal. However, it appears that other inappropriate material remains. They justify this by citing, among among other things, their stated belief that a majority of parents in our community do not object to the offensive content. I really want to know what the offensive content is. Is it like how to have safe gay sex? I don't, I don't know what they could yeah, I really, post I also want to know, or is it like, you know, another situation like with godly sorrow where it's just like, I got a bit too comfortable. Yeah. Like what they're, they're being vague as to what it actually is that they're so offended by. But I mean, it's a middle school curriculum. I don't, there's not going to be anything hardcore in there. I think <laughs> honestly what it yeah, I, I, there's nothing, it's not going to be pornographic in any way, but of course they're going to present it that way. I bet you it's just like practicing safe sex and it's showing all forms of sex, right? So not just heterosex right. or not just, you know, missionary position, but showing like, okay, this is how you practice safe sex um, in any form. In yeah, any with, way, including which is, like safe oral sex and stuff exactly like oral sex like everything so that it is inclusive but also I bet too they're just showing the basics like anatomy you know like maybe like oh look here's a clitoris oh exactly y'all like (laughs) I never even saw any of this shit until I was in my late 20s I didn't even we I never even saw a diagram of a vagina or a penis until like late in my 20s yeah um I just didn't, you know, I just knew that button down there made me feel good, but I didn't know what it was called. (laughs) Right? (sighs) Okay. At a district-sponsored CSE information session last week, a large group of alert parents showed up and questioned district staff about the inappropriate content. District personnel appeared to be taken aback by the volume of opposition, which clearly undercut the narrative that the content has majority support. But the staff will need to hear from many more concerned citizens before they are likely to revise the remaining materials. 
And then it lists um, where they're having their sessions for the next few days. So you can like go and protest and ask them questions and tell them not to show diagrams of the penis and (laughs) and don't you dare include teaching about transgender people because yeah that is inappropriate you know what go fuck off yeah seriously um it is critical that parents and other concerned citizens show up in significant numbers at every one of these sessions to respectfully but firmly question staff about the content and approach of the proposed curriculum. No expertise is required. Your presence, wow. questions, and expressions of concern will be enough. A list of relevant and respectful questions you can ask can be found on the homepage of blank um, and gives the link. So it's like literally telling these these members of the Mormon church to go to these meetings and here's your list of questions and here's what you're supposed to say. And you're supposed to get them to take this education away from our children here. Here's what you do. do, And we speak for God essentially. Um, Then it goes on to say, hold on. I just went a little bit ahead of myself. It says, and this is all in bold, by the way, this this next section. Please note that we ask you not identify yourself as a church member or make any statement that would imply that you or any other person represents or speaks for the church in this matter. Any statement to that effect must come solely from our regional public affairs representative. Oh, that is some shady ass shit right there. It's so shitty. They're telling them what to do, how to do it, where to go. Here's your literal script, but don't say it came from us. Um, Your status as a concerned citizen, voter, and parent, or grandparent, friend, or advocate for children will carry the most weight in this setting anyway. We are informed that the staff is still putting the finishing touches on their proposal before it enters the district's formal curriculum approval process later this month. This means that there is still a narrow window in which to impact their final proposal. A strong showing at these information sessions is the best way to help staff understand just how engaged parents actually are so that they might consider changing course where necessary. We encourage you to attend as many of these sessions as you can. Bring a neighbor and to include this matter in your prayers. We further encourage you to stay informed and follow this important moral issue in our community and classrooms for its hopefully favorable conclusion. Thank you in advance for lending your precious time and voice to this cause. And it's signed by the stake presidency. So, um, yeah, it, ew, I, I feel so icky and I, it's so unfair. Like the, like, sorry, stumbled on my words, but like the listener that wrote in said, it's infuriating. They, the church should not have a say and a, and control over what is teaching children, especially in public schools. Especially it's, it's. Oh, like, you know, it's something that Greg and I talk about quite often because, you know, the states takes pride in like, you know, separation of church and state. But in reality, like we're a country that doesn't really separate church and state like other countries like because, you know, I would say like, yeah, but you guys have Church of England. And it's like, yeah, but like they don't have an influence over or or not so much today. Like it's not like how it is in the states where you know, conservatives or Mormons, like this example, are able to influence education, like public education, 
but do it in a very manipulative way because they can get their members to do it on their behalf, but without saying it's on their behalf. It's so manipulative and it's really damaging and it it's halting um, anything from progress. getting done. Yeah, like progress. It's halting progress because it's keeping kids from learning about equality and how to properly, you know, have sex respectfully and with consent and to be safe. It's just like, no, teach them just to never do it. Oh, sure. We know that works. Right. God, it's just. It's so corrupt. And I think, you know, you guys know that Katie and I get so riled up about this every week. But, you know, it's even more infuriating when we have members saying like, oh, you guys can just like just leave the church and leave it alone. And it's like, no, because it's corrupt as fuck. Like it's doing stuff like this where it's it's infect like infecting that's not the right word it's affecting and impacting <laughs> I I say it's infecting too <laughs> Yeah I mean it's both it's infecting too like yeah. you know it's toxic it's it's going into our children I mean we don't have kids but kids like future their development their education yeah. like how it's going to impact and especially you know these Mormons are targeting you know, people who don't have the same privilege as these rich white Mormons who are protesting against it. This is exactly the issue. Like these, I just, I can't. Yeah. If I just don't know how you could even see these letters and know that these things are happening. And the Mormon church tries to put on such a face of like, we're not racist. We're inclusive. Oh, are you? Are you because you're showing you're advocating for children to not be taught black history and you're also advocating for them not to actually be taught proper sex ed like you're not inclusive of anything. You you just put on that fake facade and ah, continue to oppress. Yeah. It's so manipulative and corrupt. And like, I mean, we maybe this is like a podcast, like an episode we do at a later point where we even cover this because I saw someone post like, Oh, you know, the church, the LDS church donated 20 million. I think it was 20 million to, um, coronavirus vaccination. And like, look, they're like publicizing it now. Like, so the church is like coming out and like, she wants to make a point that everyone knows they donated it, but the members, what they don't know is they're like, Oh, look, 20 million. First of all, 20 million is nothing. Like, it's not even a drop in their bucket of money. Like, it doesn't even make a difference. But second of all, it's obviously beneficial to them. It's literally what they're doing is they're giving away this money only for it to be circled back into their bank account because they have stocks in pharmaceuticals. Yep. And they have stocks in this particular vaccine. So, like, it's literally they're like, look, we're giving you $20 And then they're going to come back and get, like, $40 Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so manipulative and corrupt because the members aren't going to look at this kind of stuff. No, they So they just see, oh, the church is great. Like, they are donating. This is where my tithing money is coming from. They're not corrupt at all. Not true. And the same with this this situation. Uh You know, they can tell people, oh, the church, like, we don't speak on their behalf. You know, like, they don't tell us how to vote politically or, you know, have any, any influence over our cultural decisions and then it's like but they do (laughs) they control everything they send out these letters and tell you what to do they tell you how to change the public school system they tell you how to vote they tell you 
literally everything to what you're supposed to do with your life. And they frame it as a moral issue. But I'm like, I'm sorry, you're trying to take away rights from people. You're the immoral ones, you assholes. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking celestial Jesus. Ugh, gross. Ugh. So um, this last month, uh, similar to these letters, there is a an academy in Ogden, Utah. So if you guys aren't from Utah, Ogden's just north of Salt Lake City. And this academy is called Maria Montessori Academy. And they <laughs> sent out a letter to all the parents of their of their students that said, they're allowed, if they w- would like to, to opt out of being taught Black History for Black History Month in February. How much of a racist cunt do you have to be to be like, um, I choose not to participate in Black History. It's like, you don't get to choose. It happened. It yeah. exists. It's... Black History is human history. I mean, Exactly. It's you not can't like you just get... choose to not learn. I mean, it's already whitewashed as it is. And history is already, the textbooks are fucked, but, like, at least acknowledge black oh, history. You can't God. just, because you're, ra- like, white supremacist, you can't just claim that black people don't exist or their history doesn't exist or, you know, all their contributions to society don't exist. And what's gross is that families, like, asked for this, and then they chose, some did choose to opt out before... I mean, they reversed this after the backlash from the community, but the fact that it happened at all is very telling and very troubling. It's it's so troubling on, again, so many levels. Like, the, first of all, that the parents even have this mentality, this racist, horrendous, inhumane yeah. attitude. But second of all, they have kids. They're mm-hmm. teaching their kids this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's that's where the problem continuously lies, you know? Like, you can't make progress if you have fuckers out there who are teaching their kids to grow up to be the exact same way that they are. Exactly, yeah. And I looked it up, and of course, we know Ogden is predominantly Mormon, and at this school, there are only three black children. Whoa. So it makes it even worse. It's so much worse. Like, I mean, obviously, Katie and I can never imagine because we are both white women. But I mean, my heart just breaks thinking of the three, yeah, you know, black children that are at that school and knowing that all of their classmates, or not all of them, but a majority of them, have you know, families have that mentality, or and they are probably you know, their classmates unfortunately have the same mentality of being like, well, we want to opt out of Black History Month. Like, that's just it's horrible. It it's, is. It's, there's no other way of saying it. And it's, you know, it's the same people who yell, like, all lives matter. And I'm sure they're the same people who say, well, why don't we have a white history month? Ew. Like, Ew. you know, those people exist. And no, it's and, so and, disgusting. And just, oh, God. You know what? We don't have white history month because every single thing is white history because we fucking killed everyone and everything for it so like yeah because how about like, you back up bud <laughs> exactly like the whole foundation of america is built on racism and stealing land that's not ours and murdering people so um that forcing, history yeah, yeah forcing black people history. to build america for free and it's forcing indigenous people out of their land mm-hmm yeah oh this lovely that lovely state of utah and how 
you know, how non-racist Mormons claim to be. God, and you know what? Like, I know of so, so many Mormon families who I guarantee that they read that and were like, I do the same. Like, and those yeah. those are people I had to delete from all my social media. Oh, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I swear to God, I can't handle this mentality at all. Like, it's it's not it's it's beyond being unacceptable. It's just so damaging and harmful. And the progress, the the, the very small amount of progress that we've made in the last few years. I mean, there's still a tremendous amount of work that needs to be done, and that comes from changing mentality and perspectives. And you have people like these Utah, like ridiculous Mormons who are a huge issue. Like it's not just Southern conservative states, it's religious conservative states as well that are the issue of like, I mean, not the only issue, but a main problem that's contributing to the fact that our country is still so backwards. And we're just like, we take two steps forward and then shit like this happens and we're set back another 10 steps. And that's why I have such a problem. I think it's sometimes it's hard for people to understand why I have such a problem. And truly, I have so much anger towards religion in general. I I I really, really honestly hate religion. And I really don't like, I really hate Mormonism. And it's because of this. It's because they have control over what happens in society. Whether they, they claim they don't, they claim that they just let people do what they want. But no especially when they have money and they can influence voting and they can influence how children are being taught and raised, they're influencing everything around us. And I hate the, this, like you said, this backwards thinking that religion perpetuates as much as they like to say that they promote love and And charity and service. If that was all they did, then I'd be like, fine, do whatever you want. But that's, it doesn't end there. And honestly, a lot of the times it doesn't even include that. So it it never like, it's, it's more the norm for religion is that it doesn't actually support these things. You know, if we, if religion meant, and particularly Christianity and Mormonism, if it meant they're going to write into school boards and, you know, write letters to members to back things that are actually good, you know, which yeah. like if these letters were saying, hey, parents go out and like support this um, new curriculum because it's really great and it teaches us to love everyone and it, you know, makes sure that every person has access to all the knowledge and education that they need, like let's go out and support them, then I'd be like, you know what? That's amazing. I am like all about religion. Yeah. But that's yeah. never the case. It's nope. never the case. No, it's always about not educating and taking away or limiting and suppressing rights. It's never about just let's love and accept everyone. It's never about that. No. <sighs> okay. So I have another article. This one's from The Guardian. And This is recent. This was just last month as well. So I'm going to read part of it and I'm going to see what you think. (laughs) Because I haven't told you exactly what this is. Okay. Okay. It says, despite chronic struggles with sexual violence in Utah, lawmakers in the state have rejected legislation that would have changed the state's health education curriculum to teach consent and prevent unwanted sexual behavior. 
The legislation, called HB 177, was defeated by Utah's House Education Committee by a vote of 7 to 4. The bill's defeat was part of a larger conservative pushback across America. Some politicians argue wrongly that consent instruction teaches students it's okay to have sex, said Jennifer Driver, Senior Director of Reproductive Rights at the State Innovation Exchange. But that's not what consent means, Driver said. Informing young people about sex education and consent is necessary to protect them. When you don't teach such sex education, when you're not teaching about consent, you actually are putting young people in harm's way. Um, it continues to say, in Utah, parents must opt in for their child to participate in sex ed classes. The bill would have also mandated instruction on coercion, sexual violence behavior deterrence, and sexual assault mitigation as part of sex education instruction for students in grades 7 to 12. It would have taught students how to understand and communicate other people's boundaries without shaming victims, and it would have avoided it would have provided sexual assault resource strategies for survivors who could use them to address the physical and psychological effects of sexual assault. Um, but this was rejected, and um, I, you know, most of conservative Mormons rejected it and rallied against it because they thought teaching that how to get proper consent is, you know, that's not abstinence only. And they thought it wasn't appropriate for seven to 12th graders. Like that's completely appropriate. I think it could even be taught younger than that. Like consent is everything. It can definitely be taught younger than that. I mean, I think it should be. Like, I mean, most sexual assault and molestation that happens at a young age is when you're a child and, you know, you have a family member or a, a close friend of the family who touches you in an area and you don't know, you're not taught these boundaries as a young yeah. kid, you know? Yeah. Um, um, obviously, I'm not in any way a psychiatrist or a sociologist who can speak to the stats or the numbers, but I do know that that is an issue and it's something that we just don't address. And it's people like like these these ridiculous fuckers, like these Mormons yeah. who are trying to get votes like bills like this. And uh, I just I'm so angry, but I'm also really upset, to be honest, like. It's not even about them. It's just I, I feel really bad for their children. Me too. I feel really bad that, you know, say, for example, any of, you know, out of all those people who protested and fought against this, if they have a child who is unfortunately ever in a situation where it's assault or rape or molestation, anything like that, they might not know. Like, it sounds yeah. like the education that they have from their household is not going to be one that a they feel comfortable sharing with their family or b if they're in a situation like that where they know what to do or how to respond or how to feel. I know. And it's not <laughs> like it guarantees that they would soak up that information in a class, but at least it's an effort. It's an yeah. effort in the right direction. Right, right. And at least they're exposed to it. Um there's just a little bit a left of this article I copied that I thought was really important. Um it says, in Utah, rape is the lone violent crime perpetuated at a higher rate than the national average. 
Teens and young adults suffer a scourge of unwanted physical contact and the lasting trauma that comes with it. Around one in seven of Utah's high schoolers reports experiencing sexual violence in a year, while 7.6% say they have endured forced sexual intercourse. College students also deal with rampant sexual misconduct. The number of reported gropings at Utah's colleges nearly tripled in 2018 compared with three years earlier. But in the state schools, Current sex education standards focus on quote-unquote refusal skills to prevent sexual misconduct, a reactive tactic that puts the blame on victims instead of perpetrators. Yep, like at BYU. Yep. Yeah. The honor code, you know, women report being raped or sexually assaulted, and they are the ones who are kicked out and shamed. It's so disgusting. And like you, you, we keep saying this, but it's just so important to note that like this isn't just, I don't know, just random people voting or voting against this. This is the church and the church telling people that sex ed shouldn't be in schools. Just like that letter we read earlier from the listener. They actively tell the the uh, members of the church what to do in situations like this. And it's ridiculous to me that anyone would see this and go, yeah, no, we don't want to teach our kids about consent. Like, why would you not want to teach your kid about that? I just don't understand. You know, and it's it's a problem that it's unfortunate because it's also, I feel like it's double for Mormons because you grow up in a very sheltered bubble life where you're not taught these things at home And then you're also not taught them in education where it should be a safe place that has no influence, like religious influence on it. But unfortunately, it does. So you're not getting it either way. And, you know, like Katie and I have talked about, even in personal experiences, like, I wish I had this stuff taught to me at a young age. Like, it's something you just, and especially for women, where you feel like you have to be polite, you have to say yes, like, or... You don't even have to, like, you just assume that it's okay, like, or you're to blame. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if if we had this at a younger age, if we were taught, yeah, yeah, maybe we would have still gotten it from the Mormon church, but at least a small percentage of our brain would have soaked up some non-religious influence education. Right. And I, you know, and it would have been like, oh, actually, yeah, consent is important. Like, it's essential. Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't feel bad about this, this, and this, or, you know... If you have experienced these things, talk about it. Instead, you know, we don't have that taught to us. And we yeah. have, an, you know, Mormon brainwashing saying, if any of that happens, it's your fault. And you are to blame. So, yeah. Doesn't it just, like, break your heart? I mean, because we've we've been there with those feelings. But also, it breaks my heart that it seems like we should have progressed so much more and Utah has, is just at a standstill. Like they're still just being taught the same sex ed that I was. And it's like, I, I hurt for those kids. I want them to have better. Me too. I mean, it's, it's 2020 and 2020, 21. <laughs> I don't even know what year it is. What is uh, time? I don't know. <laughs> what is time? What is day? But yeah, it's sad that it's, it's the same shit from, when we were in school, you know, like when I was in high school, which has been what? Oh, God, I can't do math, but uh, a long time ago, like <laughs> nearly 15 years ago, you know, yeah. like it's mm-hmm. it hasn't changed. And that to me is it's 
it's saddening. It's not yeah. even to the point where I, I'm angry, of course, but I'm just sad that we aren't able to get any further because, we, and especially in the States, because there's this religion that's mm-hmm. blocking everything. It's blocking yeah. progress. That's yeah. what the Mormon church does. And that's why we, you know, want to speak out against it and we will, and we will continue to do so every single week, but also, I, I just, I, I, I don't. Okay, so I have just one more little thing before. I don't know how long we've been. Oh, we we still have a little bit of time. Okay, I just have one more that <laughs> you're also just gonna get mad about, but that's okay. what we're doing this episode. So, okay, this one says it's from the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, Murray. So Murray is a a town in Utah. It's a little bit south of Salt Lake, and it's very Mormon. It's like a. Suburb. Is this um. No, that's Logan. I was going to say Utah State. Right? Oh, no, that's north. But <laughs> yeah. So a Murray teacher read a book about a transgender child to a class of third graders last month, which set off backlash from parents. Wow. And in response, the school district has now suspended a program aimed at introducing kids to more diverse and inclusive literature. The book is called Call Me Max, and it's an illustrated account of a young transgender boy who educates his own teacher and classmates about his identity. So it's this super cute little like picture book of this little boy who's just like, you know, tells the teacher, like, can you call me Max instead of this other name that I don't identify with? Um, and it's just this cute little sweet book, right? That's like, mm-hmm. it's just a transgender boy. And some of the students told their parents about it. And the parents in this little Mormon suburb got pissed, called the district. And um, because of this, it's now the whole entire Murray School District is taking all of its quote unquote equity book bundles out of the library which was like set up for black history month and it's taking away a lot of the quote-unquote like books that are promoting equality because they have to go under review now to see topics are too controversial which um why would being just being transgender be controversial in the first place and why would being what it's just it's mind-blowing to me like I'm honestly just imagining these these little Karens these white Karens being like how dare you teach my child how to not be a bigot (laughs) that's that's exactly what it is how dare you try to teach my child how to be open-minded and not be a bigot and love people and accept people for who they are how dare you I want them to be judgmental like me (laughs) exactly oh I know the Salt Lake Tribune they interviewed the author of that book and he he had this little interview with them and I loved what he said he said that the book was specifically written for kindergarten to third graders because he believes it's important for young students to see transgender characters and how these individuals are just like everyone else with their own likes and dislikes and personality Um, he said I find in my experience that adults think the term unlocks unlocks a lot of confusion in children when it really doesn't one day he read the story to a first grade class and one girl asked him what transgender meant and when he explained she just said okay and moved on and he said it's only a problem if you think being transgender is wrong and it's Mm -hmm. not and that's Mm -hmm. something the parent has to work through because the kids 
don't see anything. You know, they're like, oh, okay, it's just another little kid like me. But the parents' bigotry is shining through in these situations. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's so true. When you when you tell, like, when a kid asks you a question and you explain to them the answer, they're not going to know it's a negative or positive connotation unless you you tell them that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's all on the parents like if you know a parent saying like oh transgender is a negative thing like you know blah 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 then they're gonna have that view but if it's just like oh this is what it is you know like it's not anything bad like it's just a normal like the rest of your classmates you know like not person like you another person Mm -hmm. that's it um then they're not going to have that negative association like it's it's taught yep children are taught Mm -hmm. and that's why this infiltration of religion into education is so such a big problem and I guess to the listener's email how she said like what do we do to fight back and I mean, we're not experts on that, but I guess we're doing what we know best in fighting back, which is speaking out against it, calling it out and fighting it like you are, like the listener was with, you know, showing up and being like, no, this isn't okay," and stand up to it and call it out. Because honestly, I don't know. I don't know how else to fight it besides just doing your best to bring it up and point out how it's completely wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's all we can do right now is just shed some light and and create awareness that this is happening, that this Mm -hmm. is, you know, even if we only have access to a few different stories of like where we have tangible evidence of this happening, we know it's uh, several more than this. And we know it's happened multiple times where the church has influenced their members to vote in a certain way because of quote unquote morals um and it's not okay it's it's corrupt it's by definition like political corruption that's mm-hmm. the right word yeah. um and it's just something that members don't know about because we are manipulative or manipula- manipulated and brainwashed and so what we can do in our part is just to create awareness and fucking blast these people like put them on blast <laughs> like yeah show them like call them out like show what's happening um yeah and yeah and if you have kids make sure that I mean I'm sure you all do because you're amazing listeners but uh, yeah just continue to teach anti-racism and safe sex and equality and acceptance at home because maybe and they're not getting it yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that's all we can do for now. Maybe there's some legal ramifications, but I feel like it'd be hard to take on the Mormon church with all their money. So mm. I don't know. But I don't, thank you so much to the listener for sending those in. And and it was good to talk about it, even though I'm all fired up now. <laughs> Me too. But I'm also just sad. Like it just, it really, because kids are involved and know, it just breaks my heart that, it's like uh, all these like another generation that's going to be raised with this bigotry mentality of like thinking that it's okay to be racist it's okay to be an asshole and to just treat people with no respect or equality and it it just breaks my heart because it could be it could be changed like it could be different if Mm -hmm. they weren't taught this yeah 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 so anyways if if you listeners, if you guys um, 
you know of other stories or examples, send it in because I think the more we showcase this and we talk about it, like the more effect we can, you know, bring and change, hopefully. Yeah, agreed. But thank you all for listening. And yes, as Sarah would say, wash your damn hands. <laughs> Go wash your goddamn hands and uh, be safe and healthy. And when we say healthy, we mean both mentally and physically and emotionally. So if you guys are having a tough time, be kind to yourself. Okay? Yep. yep. <laughs> we'll talk to you all next week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.